Out rebellious, no, did I turn away? Amen. <laughs> Distracted. Yes, please be serious. Okay. Uh, we still continue, just like what uh, Pastor Roy was talking about, uh, the dealing with how important is faith. How important is faith? There are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of darkness. Now, both the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, both of them are ruled by spiritual laws. There are spiritual laws that govern both kingdoms. Now, Satan cannot go beyond or outside those spiritual laws. He has no right and he knows it. The laws are there and he has to obey those laws. They are spiritual laws, not natural laws, spiritual laws. We have natural laws and we also have spiritual laws. God will not go outside these spiritual laws. So what we need is to understand as believers these spiritual laws and walk by them. Because God will only abide by them. And one of those spiritual laws is the law of faith. That's what it is. What the law of faith is what governs the universe. The earth was created through the word of God by faith. The Bible tells us that. So the word of faith or the law of faith is the principle that we need to understand. Now, last week, we talked about the fundamentals of this law. And you can find the fundamentals, even though we're talking about salvation, this is how faith works. This is how the law of faith works. There is the law of sin and death and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life. So it is the spirit of life, not sin and death. That law of sin and death what rules there is fear. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what rules in that kingdom is faith. If you are on the side of fear, you're only dealing with one individual. Everyone has to have a spiritual head. Is it that God is your head or Satan is your head? Is it that God is your God or Satan is your God? There are no middle grounds. Now, if you are operating in fear, there's only one being that responds to that, and it's angels, the, the, Satan and his angels. If you are operating in fear, the only being that will respond to that, that's the devil himself. If you are operating in faith, God responds to that. Now, if you are a Christian and you are operating in fear, God will feel sorry for you, but he really cannot go outside the law of faith. The principle that gov governs the kingdom of God. Until you learn and move, and move to the side of faith, God cannot do a thing about what's going on in your life. We need to understand that. And the Bible tells us this. In Romans chapter 10, I'm beginning from verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. We should even learn from that, that's just those few words. The righteousness of faith speaks. There is the righteousness of the law, and then there is the righteousness of faith. Speaking of righteousness. Now, we don't deal with the righteousness of the law, 
Because no one can attain to the righteousness of the law. means you have to keep the law. Every part of the law. You break one, you've broken all. So no one gets righteous by the righteousness of the law. The only thing we have is grace that gives us the righteousness of faith. But we need to understand the way the righteousness of faith works. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. And he says, do not say in your heart. So he's telling you what you should not do if you are going to have the righteousness of faith. If you are going to have God move on your behalf, do not say, again we're talking about saying, right? Don't say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. So basically, most times we want to feel something. We want to see something. If Jesus, if you can just appear before me, if, if I can just feel your presence, if you can just send an angel, then I will believe it doesn't work that way. If God wants to do that, he will do it because you are believing. Not asking him to do it so you can believe. If you are believing, he'll send an angel. He'll do whatever you are, what you are believing for. But seeing an angel to believe, that will not happen. So we have to understand. So don't say in your heart, if you want the righteousness of faith, don't say it in your heart. But then he says, but what does he say? The word is near you. So that's the key. The word of the righteousness of faith, the word is near you. If you are going to be saved by faith, saved from financial difficulties, saved from a failing marriage, saved for, from whatever. If you are going to be saved, it's got to be through the righteousness of faith. So what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So the word that you hear is the word of faith that you're hearing. Every time you hear the word of faith, some transaction is taking place in the spirit realm. You may not be aware, but it's taking place according to the word of God. Every time you hear the word of God and you understand the word of faith, he goes into your heart. Now he goes into your mouth. Now what is it there in your mouth for? For you to chew on it? Maybe. Bite on it? Maybe. <laughs> but we're talking about saying, right? The word, let's understand what he's saying. It's a question of the word. A word in your mouth. That's the whole thing. A word in your mouth for you to speak. For you to speak. Not in doubt or in fear. But in faith, believing what God says. The word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. And it says that if you confess. So we come to the word confess, right? Basically, the word confess means to say the same thing. That's the Greek word for that. Saying the same thing. In other words, saying the same things that God has said about you. Saying the same thing about what God has said about your finances. Saying the same thing as what God has said about your physical being. Saying the same things as what God has said concerning your marriage in every area of life. 
saying the same thing. If you will confess with your mouth, in the case of salvation, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the only way to be saved. It's a question of what you say and what you believe in your heart. So if you're saying something, I know what you believe. When you start talking fear, and I can hear fear coming from your voice, I know what's going on there. A lot of unbelief. Faith not there. It's already there. We're coming to it. So you're speaking from what is already in your heart. If you say it from, with your mouth, then God responds to it if it's out of faith. If, you, if there's something there that is fear, you say it with your mouth, guess who responds to it? The enemy responds to it. So we have to understand that. Let me go into uh, one area here. Do you have faith? Yes. Do you have faith? The Bible tells us in Second Thessalonians chapter two, 3 verse 2 that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. In other words, not everybody has faith. Well, if, if we're saying that everybody doesn't have faith, then we do know that some people have faith, right? And I'm looking at the people who have faith tonight, okay? Everybody doesn't have it, but some people have it. So you have faith. You already have faith because you have the Word of God. It's in your heart and in your mouth. You already have faith. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to everyone who is a believer, God has given to you the measure of faith, or a measure of faith. So you, as a Christian, you already have faith. It's not a question of whether you have faith to be healed or whether you have faith for God to do something for you. That's not the question. The question is whether you're using your hand. I mean, your faith. You got your hand, right? You can decide to use your hand or decide not to use it. If you don't use it, it's going to get smaller. You got to use what God's given to you. But see, God has given to everyone, every believer, their measure of faith. So you as a Christian, if you are born again, you have faith. You already have faith. All Christians have faith. Even those that speak with a lot of fear and a lot of doubt. If you were born again, you have faith. The thing is, you're believing the wrong thing apart from believing in Jesus because there are so many voices out in the world. People are saying all kinds of things and they're throwing fear at you. Have you been in a doctor's office? I mean, they can throw a lot of things at you in one moment and you'll forget by his stripes I am healed. you forget that all of a sudden. And then you come out of there and all of a sudden, somebody, somebody maybe somebody that's having a, a heart problem, he comes out, he's had some bad news, but he's not sure what it is. We're going to test 
to see what's going on. As soon as he walks, he sits and positions somebody who says, you know, last week I had a heart surgery. My brother had a heart surgery. And you're thinking, oh, no. I don't know if I want to hear this. But, you know, that happens. That happens to move you from your faith. But every Christian has faith. It says us in First uh, John 5 verse 4, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith. If you are born of God, you have faith. Not only having faith, you have overcoming faith. What are you overcoming? Are you fighting with the world? No. It's everything that the world is throwing at you, right? Your finances, your home, your car, everything that the world is throwing at you. We are constantly battling one problem after the other, right? But God says you have something in you that's overcome all of those things. You have overcoming faith. You have it. If you are born of God, you have overcoming faith. It's already there in you. You don't have to go look for it anywhere. You have it in you to take charge of what's going on in your life, to take charge of what's going on in your home, your job, all of that. You already have overcoming faith. Notice what John says. Is it your faith? He said, our faith. So your faith is the same faith as John had. Hello, brothers and sisters. There is no difference. What overcomes the world? Our faith. John's faith. You have the same faith as Paul had. There is no difference. If you want your faith to work for you, then you must do those things that faith demands. The elements of faith. You must produce those things. What are they? You must first believe in your heart. Then you must speak what you believe. And then you must follow through with corresponding action. That's what faith demands. You already have faith, but speak what you, what you believe. Speak boldly what you believe. And follow with corresponding action. Believe in your heart. Speak this, what you believe with your mouth. Saying the same things as God says. And that's what Jesus did. He says, I never say anything. But what the Father tells me to say. What I hear from the Father is what I say. And then he, made, he says, I'm, I'm not alone. The Father is always with me. You remember that? The Father is always with me. And you couldn't kill him. Nobody takes my life from me. They send soldiers to get him. He says, you can't see me. Where I'm going, you can't come. They're confused. What is he talking about? If nobody takes my life from me, he says, I lay my life down. This commandment I received from my father. You see what he's saying? You can't kill him. Unless God says so. 
He's saying what the Father, and Jesus said, what you hear from me, the words you hear, they're not mine. They are what I heard from the Father. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he spoke what the Father said to him to say. No more, no less. Lazarus, come forth. If he had done something else, he would have been like Moses in the wilderness when God said, speak to the rock. And what did Moses do? He struck it. That's not what God wanted, but Jesus didn't do any of that. He only said and acted what he saw his father doing and what he heard his father saying. That's faith. Saying the same thing as what the word says and refusing to yield even when physical circumstances are so against you, you can see it with your eyes and you want to change your confession. No, don't change your confession because of what the word says. Our faith. It's the same faith as Paul has. Let me show you some scripture here. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, now talking about people of faith, Chapter 11 deals with all of the people of faith, what we call the hall of faith, people there like that. So great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, endurance the race that is set before us. So we are in a race, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and I sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, who is the author of our faith? Where did he come from? Jesus is the author. So he gave you your faith. When you become a Christian... Who is Jesus? He is the Word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? So you receive the Word of God, meaning you receive Jesus into your heart. That's the Word of faith. The seed of faith is in the Word. And Jesus is not only the author of your faith, He is also the finisher. So that means He's still working on your faith. It's not finished yet. He's still working on your faith. The problem is we are not giving him the raw materials that he needs to finish our faith. Hello? Give him the right material for him to use to finish your faith. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He put it there. He wants to finish it. But you're not giving him what he needs, the building block to finish your faith. You know what that is? Believe in your heart. Say it with your mouth and follow with corresponding action. That's the building block it needs to finish your faith. Many times we are saying things that are opposite what God says in his word. And we wonder why we are struggling with having God, uh, you know, believing that we really have faith. That's because we are not saying the same things as God has already said in his word. That's the only way you can change your life. 
Because he's the word that cleanses you. He's the word that changes your life. He's the word that transforms you. But you have to say it. Just believing it is not enough. Let me give you this in Mark chapter 9. There was this man that brought his son to, to Jesus, for Jesus to uh, uh, heal his son. Remember the boy with epilepsy was deaf and dumb. He couldn't speak. And Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, came back down and saw all these multitudes with the disciples. And he says, how long will I bear with you? You know that story. Now, then he, the father was the one speaking to Jesus. And Jesus asked the father, uh, how long has it been? Right? How long has it been that he's been suffering with this thing? The father said everything he had to say, told Jesus what was happening. And then finally says, if you can do anything, remember that? That's a lot of word of faith, right? That's a lot of word of doubt, right? He was speaking what he was feeling right there, okay? <laughs> he had seen this disciple struggle with his son, and, and uh, he was trying to believe. Now, Jesus came. I think at this time he was still thinking something, something could happen here, right? So he's speaking to Jesus. He says, I brought him. Brought him. Now, he recognized who Jesus is and the difference uh, between Jesus and the disciples, right? Because he says, I brought them to your disciples, and they couldn't cast him out. And if you can do anything, now to Jesus. Notice what happened. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible. Well, he was believing, right? He had little faith, right? But he still was believing. But that wasn't good enough. He had to say it with his mouth. Okay? He had to say it with his mouth, Lord, I believe, right? And then he said, help my unbelief. But he spoke it from his mouth. And that's what activated the miracle. You've got to say it. Just believing in your heart is not good enough. You have to say what the word says. Even if it's contrary to what's going on in your life. Now remember this. Jesus is our high priest. But what is Jesus doing as our high priest? What is he ministering to his father? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 tells us, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. So, every one of you are partakers of what? Heavenly calling. You are indeed a partaker of God's the heavenly calling. You are called by God to partake of what? going on over there and in the world, the kingdom of God. It says, consider, think about, consider, think about. The apostle, that means the sent one, right? Apostle means sent. And what? High priest of what? Our confession. Christ Jesus. So what's your high priest ministering over? What comes out of your mouth? That's what he ministers. He is the high priest of what? Our confession. What you are saying from your mouth. Nothing else. When you give him something that he cannot use, it's not coming from the word, he can't use that. He's sorry for you, but you're not giving him what the material that he needs to finish your faith. 
It's your confession. Just don't believe in your heart. Believe with your heart, but also confess with your mouth before you can be saved. Now, this is, a simple me- this is a simple message, but we should know this. Have you practiced it? That's the issue. You can believe, but act on it. Ask God, give me, help me, God, and let me speak boldly the things that I fully believe. You know, uh, Peter was going to the, uh, Peter and John, they were going to the uh, temple through the gates, beautiful. And they saw this lame man. But notice Peter's confession, so bold. He said, such as we have, we know we have it. Okay? We know we have it. We can make you walk. We don't have this silver and gold you're looking for, but we got something better. And we know what we have. And in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. Guess what? He followed it with corresponding action, right? He lifted the man up. He followed with corresponding action. Don't only believe in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Follow through with a corresponding action. And God seals it. So we must, this is just the, I call it the process. That's the way it works for us in the kingdom of God. You can believe all in your head. It says, we believe for, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. But but with the mouth, it puts a but, right? But with the mouth, confession is made Unto salvation. Yes, you believe. And God's pleased with you. But you're not saying anything. So it's not affecting your life in the natural world. Yeah, you believe. In heaven, you're fine. Right? But naturally, where you live on the earth, you are not saying anything. So you don't feel it in the natural. With the heart, that's that's, uh, Romans 10 verse 10. With the heart, for it tells you because, for that's the principle. Every time you read in the word and God says for, that's because you are about to go into a law. That's what it is. A principle is the same thing as a law. When it says for, with the heart, one believes. One believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you can't feel it until you start saying it. That's just the way it is. But you know, the enemy is lying to the church, and there are people who just uh, well, we talk too much about faith. <laughs> well, you're not going to get anywhere with God without faith, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's the key principle. You can't buy anything in the U.S. unless you have the dollar. Right? You can cry to the mansion and beg him, you know, the guy who's trading, he says, give me the dollar and you can have it. I love this car. Yeah, he's smiling. But in his head, give me that dollar, you can drive it off. You have to give him the dollar. In the same way with God's kingdom, until you give faith, 
You can smile all you want. You're not going anywhere with it. That's what is needed. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He ministers over our confession. God uses what you are saying to work for you. Until you say it, it doesn't work. If you're still afraid and you don't really know if you believe it, then you are not able to say it. Because you are afraid. What if it doesn't work? You know that? What if it doesn't work? I've said here so many times, and, and it's not a way of bragging, but just to say this is what I really believe. Because if you're from my country, uh, they talk a lot about witchcraft, and they talk about witches. And I, when I was growing up, I hear about, oh, uh, this witch killed this person. Have you heard that? You guys from the, This witch, say he died. He was a doctor. The witch killed him. And, oh, he died in a plane crash. No, it wasn't just a plane crash. It was a witch that did it. That's the way I grew up. I mean, everything is a witch. And if you say, uh, if you're sitting by somebody and the other guy says, you know who you're sitting by? And he says, no. He's a witch. Who really? <laughs> he goes, he stays and he's looking like, that's the way it was. I grew up with that kind of stuff. And I started thinking in my mind. I said, my brothers, they all now, my family, they know I serve God. What if I die so all of a sudden by some strange accident, right? And then this little girl or little witch is confessing, you know, that good luck man that died, we killed him. And my brothers are thinking, oh my God, if a witch can kill good luck, we're finished, right? So I made up my mind, no accident for me. Hello? No accident for me. I don't die by any plane crash, so no witch starts lying and say they killed good luck, okay? That's the way it came, you understand? You take the word of God, you make up your mind what you want to believe. So I confess it. I'm not going to die by plane crash. I've said it here over and over, and I'm not afraid to say it. Because I've said it over and over again, and it's just there in my heart. I sit in my plane, I don't have to pray. I already prayed, and I spoke it into being, okay? Hello? That's just the way it's going to be. I'm not going to be afraid. He can drop as far as he wants to drop, but I'm coming down from this plane. And if you want to crash, I said, wait, land, let me come out. And then you can go out and crash somewhere whenever you want, but not with me in there. He walks with your confession. What you believe. He walks with your confession. You know, we like to believe for healing. Believe God for health. Amen. He says, by his stripes, we were healed. And if we were healed, then I is healed. If you want. Okay. Uh, you don't like my language. Okay. I'm healed. Okay, that's in the present. Call that part of the tape. Okay. <laughs> but that's what the word says, right? If I was healed, then I am healed. And if you're healed, I shouldn't be sick. And if sickness comes, that's the temptation. And I'm not going to be afraid or receive the temptation or speak 
fear because in that way, you now open the door for the enemy to come in. And now I'm struggling. God heal me. So he ministers over our confession. That's what you need to understand. Jesus is the high priest over our confession. Now, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established, right? Let me show you. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, this, this scripture here is really loaded. What I'm about to read is very loaded here. It says, for the word of God. What, what are we talking about? The word of God, right? The word of God is living and powerful. So the word of God is both alive, it's a living being, and is very powerful. And you know what else is alive? The blood of Jesus lives. The blood of Jesus is alive. It's a living being. Don't ask me. I just know the blood is forever. Amen. The blood is forever. And the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks. Better things than the blood of Abel. Dead things don't speak. So the blood of Jesus is still speaking. That tells me he's still alive. The blood of Jesus is alive. For every believer. The word of God, that's what we are talking about, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. He's not saying the word is a sword. He's saying the word is sharp, okay? Sharper. If if you have a sword, that's what you see in the natural, (laughs) in the spirit realm, this is better than that. Cut anything in pieces. Cut the devil in pieces. Cut whatever the enemy brings against your life. Without you even knowing it's it's working on your behalf. It says, even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. What are we talking about? The word of God. The word of God. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How can the word discern the heart? The word is a living being. The word is a living being. The word of God that you speak from your mouth is a living being. That's why Jesus said, John 6, 63, he says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. It's a living being. When you speak the word of life, you live. You speak the word of fear, you die. That's just the way it is. When you speak words of God, the word of this life. That's what the angel said to Peter and the other disciples. He said, you come out of prison. Don't mind all these guys. Don't pay attention to them. Go out now and speak this word of this life to these people. The word of God is the word of life. So when you are confessing the word, you are confessing life into your being. When you are speaking to your checkbook, you are speaking life into your checkbook. Amen? When you are speaking to your wallet, you are speaking abundance from heaven. Because the Bible says God will supply all our needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So you speak life into your dying finances, life into your dying marriage, life into whatever area you want life in. You can do that. 
because Jesus is the author of our commandments. It's the designer of the thought and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from what? His eyes. I thought we were talking about the Word. Right? The Word of God, that's how we started. In verse 12. For the Word of God is living and powerful. Nothing is hidden from His eyes. The Word is a living being. We are doing ourselves a lot of disservice when we speak words contrary to what the Word says and we think, well, I'm just being real. No, in my, my thinking, if I'm doing that, I'm just being foolish. You speak what the Word says and what the Word says alone. The doctors can say what they want to say, you speak the Word back. You see, that's how Jesus lived this life. I don't say my own words. He said, the words that you hear me, you hear from me, they are not mine. It's what I hear from the Father. That's what I'm saying. And here we have a record of everything that God has spoken. Why are we not saying those things over our lives? Why are we speaking to the contrary? And we say that we are being, we're just being real. Well, you are not being real. Let God be true and every man a liar. Speak what the word says. Let them mock you. Let them laugh at you for saying that because, oh, we know you don't have anything in the bank. He's just talking. We think he's lost his mind. But when they see God starts performing miracles, they'll come to you and say, could you pray for my brother? He's sick. Then they know that God is at work in your life. Now, and there is no creature hidden in his sight. Verse 13. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him. That's the word. Of him. To whom. We must what? To what? Who are you giving account to? The word. Who are you giving account to? The word of God. That Jesus said. Does it make sense? Jesus said. The words that I speak. They will be your judge on that last day. You read that in John? That's what he said. How did you relate to the word? Did you speak in your own word? Instead of contrary to what God says. You got judgment coming. Because of the word. He says, seeing then, as I've told you all of this, he said, then seeing then that we have what? A great, not just some kind of high priest, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us what? Hold fast to what? What? Confession. Saying the same thing. Saying the same thing. Not what you feel. God can change anything. We like to say that, right? God can do anything. Until we start talking about our problems and then we start saying, well, let's be real. Well, you forget God can do everything. God can do anything. How real do you want to get? That's the issue here. Bible says, hold fast to your confession. You know why it's asking you to hold fast to your confession? Because everything around you wants to make you let go of it. That's what it is. Everything that's happening around you, your family, your marriage, everything, 
wants to make you give up your confession. So he's telling you, look, you have a high priest. He's so great. He ministers over your confession. Don't let it go. Speak it. Speak what you believe. Don't let it go. Don't go by sight. Don't go by your feelings. Stay with the word. Say the same things. Speak the word. Just what Jesus did. And look at the miracles. We like to say, well, he was the son of God. Well, you are a son of God. It's the same principle. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father, right? And I will get the word. So that's the second one. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So our confession is very important. Hebrews 10 verse 21 says, and again we're coming back to this high priest thing, right? Jesus is still our high priest. He's up there. And he ministers over what comes out of our mouth. I wish I could go down. Because it's for that Jesus said it very clearly that you will give accounts of every idle word that you spoke on the day of judgment. If it's not the word of God, most likely it's idle. <laughs> okay? Especially when it contradicts what God says. Hebrews 12 verse 21, he says, And having a high priest over the house of God, and then he says some other things in verse 23, he says, Let us hold fast the confession of what? Our hope without wavering. Why wavering? Because everything around you wants to stop you from saying those things. Because you feel foolish saying them. Because everything is pointing to the fact and Satan is whispering to your ear, nothing is going to happen. You've been this way. Nothing is going to change. You're just wasting your time. But your high priest, your great high priest is saying, change the way you talk. You know, after we become saved, we must start learning to talk again. Okay? You listen. Everyone who is born again becomes a baby. Right? If you are 60 years old, you got born again today, you are a baby. And the churches, that's including us pastors, we have not taught the church, the babies, how to talk. Amen? And now they've grown up and can't speak English very well. Okay? <laughs> Like I just did, right? But you train them, right? Showing them the word. This is how to talk. This is how to get things done. We should be doing that. And in verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is what? Is faithful. I'm not going to go to that scripture tonight, but read First uh, Kings 8.56. 856. Because it tells you there, God's promise never fails. He who promised is faithful. I'm not going to go too far tonight, but I'm going to finish this and then stop. You know the scriptures. We're going to be going later, probably next week, to speaking to mountains and, and in our lives. Matthew chapter 12, 
verse 34 through 37. And Jesus speaking, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Now, take note of the word things, okay? Speak good things. Good things. What translate that word things in the Hebrew? Actually, good words. Notice? Speak good things. He's talking good words. Good words. The words. So the, the original word there is word. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's telling you what comes out of your mouth. Speak good things. Good things. That's words. Okay? Good words. And if it's good words, it's got to be the word of God. Amen? Because that's good words. How you being evil speak good words, he's saying. Uh, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man. Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Uh, what do you mean good things? From the treasure of his heart? Good things? He comes up with good words. Okay? That's what he's saying. If you're a good man in the sight of God, not before men, in the sight of God, what comes, comes out of your mouth? Good words, right? Because you're a good man. And the word scripture says good things here. A good man... Out of the treasure of his heart, it brings forth good words, good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. Think that word, evil words. Evil words, destructive words. But I say to you, that for every idle word, so we know everything he's been talking about is words, Right? Because we're not talking about things here. We're talking about words. What's coming out of your mouth? They're either evil before God or they're good. Evil because they're causing you damage, destruction, destroying life. Destroying your own life and destroying other people's lives. Or you can be speaking words of life that brings life to both your life and those that are hearing you. Let your words be seasoned with salt. The Bible tells us. So words are very important. So bring good, good things. So he tells us, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Why? Because there are, there are no idle words. <laughs> Any word you speak is doing something. It's either good or it's bad. It's either destroying your life, your finances, whatever it is, or it's doing something. Am I communicating to you tonight? Yeah, that's what is going on. For sure. He's doing something. There are no idle words. But I'm kidding. No, you're not kidding. We got to watch what we say. We got to watch. We want to speak the word of God. You know, when I say the wrong things, somebody checks me. You know what it means to repent? Repent. God forgive me. I cancel those words in Jesus' name, okay? They will never manifest in this natural life, I say. I say that. I cancel those words. And if you say it and I can't reply to you and I don't want to make you mad, I, after you leave, I can't sue your words. <laughs> and say they will never manifest in this natural life. And I feel good about that. I just won't tell you. <laughs> I've canceled your words. <laughs> For by your words, he said, by your words, you will be justified. You're made free through your words. And with your words, you're condemned. Judged. 
because of what comes out of your mouth. So you believe and you speak. That's very important. Now I will close with this. Psalm 103, Psalm 103, verse 2 through 5, which all of us know. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? All of this good, right? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, right? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Satisfy your mouth with good things? Is he talking about hamburgers? What does it mean, good things? He satisfies your mouth with good words. The root meaning of that word, things, that's word. You get the word. How is your youth renewed? What you say. What you say. He satisfied your mouth with good words. 120 years, that's what he says, after Noah. I'm healed by his stripes. Those are good words. So that your youth is renewed. It worked for them in the Old Testament, right? You can see Caleb's confession. He was 80 years old. And he was saying, I can still be a marine. Send me forth. I'll go fight, right? At 80. Uh, most 80 years old, they already retired, sleeping at home. But, singing and stuff. but this guy was ready to fight. He has stayed under the word. And believed. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He satisfies. Think about it. All these are benefits, right? The benefits, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. So he's taking care of all of that. No iniquities, no diseases. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. But he also satisfies your mouth with good words. So that your youth is renewed as the eagle. Man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You want to be strong? Speak the word. That's what he's saying. Let the weak. You know God? He doesn't want you to say word weak. Don't bring it to yourself, he says. You know you're weak, feeling weak, but he says don't say that. He's not telling you to lie. If you must walk according to the word of God, the word of faith, the law of faith, then say, I am strong. That's what it is. We confess what the word says, not what we say. Stand up tonight. I'm going to continue next week. I got a lot of scriptures I want to share with you on this topic. So, just like Pastor Roy said, 
If you're having difficulty financially, get those wallets out. And get your checkbooks out. Because the Bible is already spoken to us. God is the one that gives us. That's, that's uh, Deuteronomy 20, uh, chapter 8, verse 18. He says, God has given us the power to get wealth. Why? So that he will establish his covenant with you. We need the wealth for the covenant to be established. I feel so bad for Christians who just like, I want to be righteous and have nothing and all of that. Well, be it unto you according to how you believe. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to God tonight and thank him for his word that would never return to him void. That's what the word says. The word can never return to God void. Make a commitment today and make a covenant between you and your God. And say, God, I understand the message today. I understand it fully. I have taken your word into my heart. I have taken your word into my mouth. I will never speak those things anymore. You feel it. The pressure to speak it is negative. You know it's contrary to God's word. Don't be real speaking those things. Speak the opposite. You see it and Satan will draw your attention to see it so that you say it and embrace it and bring it to yourself. No. Say the opposite. Stay with the word of God and stay with what you believe in. Because all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Jesus of Nazareth, we thank you tonight. You are the word of God. You are the light of the world. You are the light of life. Father, we embrace you today. We embrace life. We embrace eternal life. We have eternal life. We have everlasting life. You have delivered us from sickness and disease. In fact, you said, I will bless your bread and water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. You said, the number of your days I will fulfill. You said you will never allow us to suffer shame. You, will say, you said you'll never allow us to be disgraced. In the name of Jesus, in every area of life, we believe we are doing well. Because Jesus is with us. You are with us. And you've blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. You have given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Help us to rise, O oh God, in Jesus' name. To rise with boldness in our heart, O oh God. And refuse to receive the lies of the devil. No matter what he's showing us. No matter what our experiences have been. You are with us. And with you, all things are possible. Father, we thank you. We are growing stronger. In the name of Jesus, we are growing stronger. We are getting healthier. We have been saved from everything that's evil. We are free from oppression because we will not fear. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless.